0: Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right,
1: everybody, welcome back to the People First and Profit podcast. I am so excited to have in the studio with us today, virtually, of course, my friend from New York City, Andrea Freeman. Hi, Andrea.
2: Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. So let's get right to it. And I'm going to say my favorite thing about anybody that I know from the New York City events industry, that's that we all know if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. So I want to compliment you on being a successful event industry professional and now educator in New York City, which is one of the hardest places to do business.
2: It's just the water I swim in, but thanks. I'll take it. Thanks. Uh,
1: And that's it, right? Everything's relative. I get there and I am so amazed and overwhelmed. And you're like, I mean, it's just any other Saturday where I'm hosting a bride at this opulent venue and had to load in and deal with the union and do all of the things that you've done so exceptionally well for so many years. Um, today, we're going to talk about what it's like to live in this insane environment of event industry professionals and how you've found harmony and how you've created some groundbreaking methods and sex- successful track records that you're ready to share with now upcoming business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Okay. First thing I want to do is read your bio. Uh, I, if people don't want to take my word for it, which I, I hope they do, let's go ahead and tell them a little bit about what you've done over your years. And then we're going to get into your journey and the question. So Andrea Freeman started her first business when she was 12 years old, three businesses and a lot of learning later. She was hosting red carpet celebrities in her event planning business, but she felt unfulfilled. She said to herself, there has to be a better way. That pivotal moment prompted a soulful search. Today, Andrea uses her groundbreaking host, H-O-S-T, method, and successful track record as a business owner to coach creative entrepreneurs. Her mission is to help business owners align with their purpose, create results with greater ease, and make a lasting impact in the world. Andrea, I love everything about that because it talks about the greater good. It talks about things that I shout from the mountaintops as a believer in the people first, then profit revolution and in relationship marketing. I'm so happy to have you here today.
2: Oh, I'm so happy to have a conversation with such a like-minded person. It's really good to be here, Don.
1: It does help when the um, mutual respect respect and admiration exists. I I love that. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your journey. I mean, we heard about it a little bit in your bio, but let's see when you went from 12 to where you are now, let's let's hear the Reader's Digest of, of how you got here.
2: Yeah. So 12 years old, it was a babysitting business. And that was, you know, my whole Girl Scout troop got certified by the Red Cross. And for whatever reason, I decided to start marketing and monetizing. I just like hit up my neighbor because everybody didn't have a computer at that time. Make up the flyers door to door, just get the word out. That was like my first foray into entrepreneurship, Uh, but certainly not serious. Right. Uh, I also uh, was a trained uh, teacher that wasn't a fit for me. So I went to culinary school, started a catering company, And that's really where I transitioned into events where I started coming out of the kitchen and planning the full scope of events Um, was that journey there. And then I also have a background in leadership development because I worked for one of the largest global leadership development companies and got a lot of training uh, in, in coaching really. Mm -hmm. So I feel like now I'm in this place where I've been able to pull together The background in education, the leadership and coaching, and the background as a business owner to be able to share with and serve business owners who want to cut the learning curve, who want to make things easier, who are not wanting to struggle and effort as much as they have been in their business to make it to the next milestone, whatever that is, whether it's a revenue marker, more time, space, freedom, you know, you name it, it that's what I make available to my, to my clients.
1: So uh, first thing I want to do is pull out the word in your uh, bio, which is fulfillment. I want to compliment mm-hmm. you not only on starting and navigating successful businesses, but I want to also talk about the fact that fulfillment was of critical importance to you. And if there's one thing I'm learning, the more successful entrepreneurs I have the pleasure of speaking with about their journey it's that many of them leave very successful careers whether it be in the business that they're currently in as an entrepreneur or in corporate america doing very well monet- monetarily great packages great great health all that stuff but they're not fulfilled and so they mm-hmm. strike out this bold new path and so i want to compliment you on that fundamentally and i also want to compliment you on this is, this is a little bit of a plug for me and that I'm so excited about being with somebody so like-minded, but people first and profit isn't about the money. The profit, and I know you and I have talked about this, is about what it is that enriches your life. And so I love that we're so well aligned there. And lastly, you know what you are my friend that I love so much. You're, a, cat- you're a catalyst. So I use the word catalyst because business owners oftentimes think that it's just gotta be a grind. You just gotta work it out. But when you introduce a catalyst, somebody has been down the road The definition of a catalyst is during a chemical reaction, you facilitate it so that it happens faster and with less work. How beautiful is that?
2: Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite hats to wear as a human being. And it's definitely something that I've, always done. I mean, you do it as a teacher, you do it as an event planner, and I get to do it in a really unique way, talking about the thing that I love so much, which is owning a business, because the freedom, the clarity, the peace of mind that comes with owning a business that feels as good as it looks, it's unbeatable.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the word fulfillment basically is the the lead-in to talking to people about designing a life that they love to live, because that's the thing, right? If you're making six or even seven figures and you're crushing it in the corporate world, but um, you aren't spending enough time with your children or your family or your spouse, or you never get away, you never get a vacation, uh, I oftentimes look at people and I say, how do you measure your wealth, right? If it's people first, then profit. Whatever that profit is, is how you measure your wealth. And I've had people look at me, clients that say, I'm so glad I went through this process. I had no idea I was so poor in family. And that's a hard realization, but when people like you come along and can help them figure out you're either in the wrong lane or you're just working harder than you need to, um, here's how you do it. And that's the, a great transition into our first question. Now, the first question I have for you, because I know that this is something that you excel at and something that you help your clients with is how do you blend that sort of concept of mindfulness and designing a life that you love to live and the systems and structures and things that it takes to run a successful and scalable business? How how do you do that?
2: Mm. This is such a great question. Well, I really believe that your personal evolution, whatever the work is that you're doing with yourself to be the best version of yourself, is going to directly impact your bottom line. It's going to fuel whatever it is that you're trying to revolutionize in your small pocket of the world, right? So for me, the two things are very integral. It's like you can't outperform your mindset. So As a business owner, it's in your best interest to be going to work at who am I being in my business? Like, what am I really kind of letting get in my way repeatedly? What am I committed to getting out of the way so that I can be most of service to myself and as far as what I want to get back from my business, but also to the clients that I want to serve?
1: I love that. I So you referenced earlier, I had a chat with somebody that we mutually know, Marley Jackson. She quoted one of her mentors, who's Alex Sharfin. And he says often to many of his clients, if you don't have the business you want quite yet, it just means you're not the business owner to run it quite yet. And so it speaks a lot to mindset and personal development. And so the fact that you're able to key in on that and work through people with that. Now, I just I just want to say right now, that I'm learning more and more and more. I've always believed this, but it's been proven to me over and over again recently that it's not about the content even necessarily that we absorb and that we learn. It's getting the help from the people that have done it first, have been there already. I like to call those people our trailblazers. So when somebody's afraid of something or struggling with something or really can't get over the hill, they need to find somebody like you that's the trailblazer because you can read a book on mindset. You can talk about mindset or getting over these things and being the person you want to be. But when somebody can take you by the hand and walk you through it, I think that's where the rubber really meets the road. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely. And actually, since I set out in my business, I always had a business coach. I always had a mentor. I always had someone, um, whether it was working on a specific Element of my business, whether it was SEO or marketing or something like that, or like a mindset coach, someone who, for the greater expansion of my awareness, was helping me to integrate that into my business. I've always believed in working with someone who is outside of the game. I mean, we are on the court in the game of our lives. And we don't have that outside perspective we've got our heads down we're in the relationships we're you know creating the marketing content we're executing the events or you know whatever services we make available in the world and so somebody who can see from the outside they're going to see my stuff so much easier than i will mm-hmm. so yeah it's super beneficial
1: i love that and and it's counterintuitive i think to some people's belief which i want to shake it out of them I really want to (laughs) shake them hard and shake it out of them. You know, this concept of like, oh, well, if you're a coach, why would you need a coach? And the fact Mm. of the matter is, is it's because we are where we're at, right? So for example, if you're in the NFL versus in college, right, you have a different coach and that coach needs a coach, right? Everybody has a mentor. Everybody is at the level that they're at. And so I had it said to me an interesting way to distill the point you just made about, you know, people can see you from the outside Mm -hmm. and that's, you can't read the label from inside the box.
2: Oh right. yeah. That's and, good. You know, I like that. Cool? It's, it's yeah. just,
1: it's in a simple way to say what you so eloquently said. And that's, you know, gosh, you know, thanks for seeing my baggage, my damage, my, my, the thing that's holding me up, um, obstacle that I can't seem to get over. You can see it more clearly because you're outside and, um, and that that's the service that you so, so well provide to your clients. I'm sure. Um, all right. So let's move on to this unbelievable acronym that I read about. And you know, this is not from a place of, of boasting, but when you serve people in cities like New York and LA, and I worked in LA for, for the better part of uh, two years, it's a different environment. It's, it's high pace at the highest level. These are celebrities that have levels of expectation. They have people that are drawing on their time. Uh, in many situations, it's a safety issue. You have to, to behave differently. And so you've had the pleasure of serving those people in those environments. And you come up with a way in which secrets, let's say. How do you keep the harmony? How do you find the harmony amongst that insanity?
2: Yeah, so it was really like about five years into my business that I came up with this because I had arrived at a place where I was really successful. I was working with red carpet celebrities and high net worth clients. And uh, you know, from the outside I was having a lot of success and a lot of success that I had worked intentionally to, to build, and yet I was feeling out of step, I was feeling out of alignment, and I was feeling kind of disconnected from my business. So, I just decided to start looking around because it what an incredible opportunity to have as an event planner, a front row seat to people who are operating at such a high level to look at, you know, how are they interacting with their friends and family? How are they intentionally creating what they want? Like they're building brands. Now we don't necessarily think of celebrities as brands, but to see behind the curtain, the brand that they very intentionally create Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: what they put out there in the world, it was remarkable. And so I, I just decided to start incorporating those principles into my business. And as an event planner, of course, I turned to an acronym from, from the industry and I decided to really look at this position where I was feeling disconnected as being like a guest in my own life or a guest in my own business Mm. and wanting to transition into the role of host. Because when we're a guest, we don't have a say really in anything. We don't have a say in the music, the lighting, who's invited. We just take what's offered. But when we're the host, we can create something that's uniquely ours and a real true expression of ourselves. So for me, what it looks like to be in harmony, to be in alignment is to be hosting my life. And what those letters of the acronym actually stand for, the H is to honor your why, So deep connection with your purpose. The O is to own who you truly are. Like, you know, No more settling for I'm not good enough or any kind of imposter syndrome and really moving those things out of the way, stopping with the worry and the self-doubt. And then whatever the work is that we need to do to get there is the S because that's shifting our perspective, whether that looks like we pause and we recharge and we replenish our cup to full so that we can serve more. And does that look like meditation? Does that look like exercise? It's different for all of us. But if we're consciously aware to to do that, when we're noticing some discomfort or when we're noticing that we're not being our biggest cheerleader- then you're shifting your perspective, that's doing the work. And from that place, you arrive in a, in a real place of fullness, a place of effervescence and kind of overflowing, where you are inspired to take action. And so that's the T take inspired action. So this is intentionally creating in our lives and in our businesses, not from a place of, you know, goal setting. I, you know, I've always wanted to achieve this, or, you know, I really want that thing that I don't have, but instead to be in such a place of sufficiency that I have so much to give. Mm -hmm. So so that's what that kind of harmony in the midst of the busyness of life really looks like to me. And, and that's primarily the foundation of how I work with my clients.
1: And I assume that that's a journey. I assume oh. that that's something that you you have to walk them through. And even if you looked at this linearly or cyclically, right, it changes over time. It changes based on circumstance, Right. It's
2: so true. Actually, so many people will say that, you know, my path has been a windy journey and I really feel like it is very cyclical. I almost Mm -hmm. picture that double helix because we come back to the same learning sometimes over and over and you're learning it in a new way because you're a new person versus the last time you experienced this lesson. But where I feel repeatedly learning similar principles in our lives.
1: And I love that you're yeah. doing this for individuals and professionals that need it the most because right now, especially, but typically event industry professionals are the hardest working, most giving in first outlast problem solvers on the planet with COVID and this global pandemic that has decimated their industry. They're likely the hardest hit and the easiest to overlook. And so I believe that, that, The best comes out of the hardest times and so for people to engage with you and see these things and accept the fact that uh there's an accountability to it as well that i love right if they go through this process and they work with you and with your group and with your team suddenly it's because let me just be candid i there's certain things i know i should do for my own well-being they immediately get thrown off to the side and i think I have to serve this person. I have to help my wife. I want to be with my child. And let's just pick mindfulness as an example, right? I I know it's better for me when I, I have a better day when I do it. And yet when I get up in the morning, it's like, oh gosh, I've got such a busy day. I better go get to that project. Mm. I spend five minutes. And so if I'm working with somebody that holds me accountable and says, how was your mindfulness this morning? And I and I say to them, I didn't do it or I missed it. It's a lot harder than saying it to myself. So thank you for being. A soldier in the people first then profit revolution, just making sure that these people focus on themselves. And, and lastly, if you don't mind my continuing, people forget about themselves. Mm, when so I go terrific. through this process and I say people first and profit, there's this whole thing where I say, like, oh, who are your people? And they categorize it. And then they name the people almost every single time they forget themselves. Mm,
2: yeah. So- yeah, that's so true. And I work with um, a lot of creatives. So for people who are really wanting to do their craft, right, wanting to serve the world in the, their most talented, you know, way, and they very often are learning business ownership and entrepreneurial skills as an afterthought, as a way to make it available in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Which can lead to a lot of spinning, a lot of overthink, a lot of overwhelm and trying to get the craft done and wear all the hats of running the business. And so it really is about like, what is that vision out in the future that you see for yourself and then creating the systems and the structures and the mindset, right? Like mind, body, spirit, all working together so that we can get to that place.
1: I love that that you focus on the destination, but also the importance of the journey, mm-hmm. right? So often we head down in the rut, in the groove, just get there as fast as we can, and so uh, it's so nice to think that that the journey is part of the pleasure, right? And oh, if it's,
2: it's it's the access, and if there, totally. and if it's
1: not, you're probably on the wrong journey, right? If you're not enjoying the journey, at least a, a majority or a preponderance of the time, like you're on the wrong journey. So, uh, and it takes sometimes somebody like you to come in from the outside been through it before, not only yourself, but now in serving clients and leadership uh, growth, like you could just come in and probably be like, mm-hmm, yep, textbook.
2: <laughs> uh, there are some similarities that get in everybody's way. That's true.
1: Well, we're all unique snowflakes. I'm willing to accept that, but I'm certain that there are commonalities as well. So uh, next, let's talk about entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, again, like uh, event industry professionals, so hardworking, looking for fulfillment, wanting to serve. We talked a little bit about the fact that oftentimes you find that the limitations of a, of a entrepreneur, when they plateau, can't get over that next hurdle or obstacle, that there's a, there's a common challenge there. Can you tell me more about that?
2: Yeah. So, you know, very often it really comes down to that in our businesses, we are interested in, growing and developing and expanding our capacity for, you know, making our services available in the world or our our goods available in the world. And so very often a, a marker or an indication for our level of success can be our revenue or how much freedom as far as time our business is giving us. And so whatever success looks like for us, we usually want to keep increasing that thing, right? And so when I hit that plateau and when I hit that challenge, especially if it took a lot of effort or a lot of work to get there, I can very easily say to myself, oh my goodness, I don't know if I have what it takes to get to the next level, or if getting here took this much work, what's it going to take to get over there, right? Right. And this is a little bit of a misaligned kind of view of it because truthfully, it's not about um, like creating more. It's really about holding the space to be able to receive more. So when we want to be able to produce the results, we have to allow the Answers to come to us. We have to allow the support to come to us. And so, as entrepreneurs, especially any who start as solopreneurs, really doing everything ourselves, it's so easy to get caught up in the, well, it's easier to do it myself and it it would take more work to train somebody. And, but it is in the allowing ourselves to be supported, allowing ourselves to receive that we then start to create more space. For, for more of everything that we're wanting to produce.
1: So I, I have a, a question to ask you about that because I think that entrepreneurs have trouble asking for help, have trouble receiving help, even when it's offered. No, I'm mm-hmm. good. Or, you know, thanks so much. But do you think that that exists, at least some of it, in a place of feeling like they can't show their soft underbelly, that vulnerability is a stigma What do you think causes entrepreneurs to, to even when it's offered, sometimes say, no, no, I'm good, but thanks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many cultural um, implications here that really get ingrained at a pretty young age as far as, you know, asking for help being a sign of weakness and, you know, those kinds of things. But truthfully, I'm talking about receiving in all areas, receiving more love, receiving more support, receiving compliments, receiving more money. Like we all want to receive more. And the degree to which I resist receiving in any area is going to impact where I receive all over in my life. So, you know, don't start with the hardest one first, right? Like if you're like, Not graceful at taking a compliment. Look at where you can start welcoming in and receiving just really openly those compliments or those offers for help or, you know, whatever the thing is that is going to start to soften your um, resistance to receiving. And But I think this is one of those things that people put up a kind of like a, oh, I don't have a problem receiving, right? Because we all feel like we want more. Mm -hmm. But if we've been stuck in a place of like wanting, wanting to get to the top of my market, wanting to hit that next revenue milestone, wanting to be able to scale so I can hire an employee and stop doing it all myself. And we've been wanting for a while. -hmm. That is a definite indicator that our receiving muscle needs some strengthening.
1: I gotta tell you, I love that. And I I love the way that you've said that, that it's in all walks of life. And I think a lot of times, because you said, you know, we all blank, I'll bet you when it's that ubiquitous, we just assume it's normal and that's the way it should be. And I, I do remember that at one point somebody talked about the fact that we intrinsically don't like compliments. It makes us uncomfortable, most of us. And she said that for an entire day, when we were interacting in this in this conference, you had to say, if somebody paid you a compliment, you would normally say, oh no, it was just doing my job, or oh no, this or that. You had to say, thank you, it's true.
2: Uh, I love that, that's Isn't that wonderful? Isn't
1: that wonderful? <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. I, I, somebody would say, you know, hey, you did a really great job. You're like, thank you, it's true. And it, it felt good. And because it was in this safe space, Um, so I may not say it anymore, but oftentimes when somebody, I graciously say, well, thank you. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's true. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. I love it. I might steal that. That's really good. You can steal
1: it. I think, I think it's a, it's a very, she's, she was just generous with all of her thoughts. And I think that the more people that hear that, the happier that she'll be. Um, so I, I have one more last question as we start to wrap up and, and before we tell our audience how to find you and what your call to action is you have said that in owning all of your businesses, there's sort of been, um, a common thread in all of your successfully owned businesses. And I want you to tell the audience what that is, because I think that it's really going to resonate with them.
2: Mm. So for me, I feel like, um, you know, the H part of the host method, the honor your why is really about getting deeply connected to your life purpose. I call it your bold life purpose. And For me, I've defined that as basically creating connection and inspiration through community. So, um, you know, I feel like that was a big part of what I was doing when I was doing my catering company in event planning and now in in the coaching work. And does it look a little bit different? Yes. Uh, You know, in the event planning, it was about creating connection for the client and their guests for me to have a great connection with my clients to be able to achieve that successful end result, to create a space that inspired people to let down their guard and really truly facilitate um, participation full on in one night, right? Mm -hmm. And, or one week, you know, destination events. But now how that's transitioned and what it looks like in coaching is really about creating A deeper connection to myself, a deeper connection to the meaning and the purpose of my work, a deeper connection to something bigger than myself, whether you call it God or higher power or, you know, your highest self, something that kind of fuels you and that allows you to maintain inspired action, being inspired about your business, creating inspiring work in the world. And that is really all available, I believe in community, which is why I do a lot of group programs. And I have this great Facebook group that I love. And it's really about bringing people together to synergistically vibe off each other
1: hmm I love that. So community, connection, inspiration uh, as a loud and proud relationship marketer and a believer in the people first and profit and understanding that they learn from us, Andrea. I mean, that's our job, but they learn from each other is I think why you are so right on uh, community is a very key to that. And so thanks for sharing that. As I expected, um, my little New York friend, we ro- rolled right through this podcast and we could keep talking for hours. Um, but as we wrap... I know that people are going to want to reach out to you and I know that your call to action is about community. And so we're going to direct them to your Facebook group, which is called Up Level Collective.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm most active. That's where people can get to know me. Uh, Check out if this is something that's maybe for them, if there are people in the community that are for them and get some free training because I do like live masterclasses in there. So it's a great way to just see what it's all about.
1: I have to say that uh, knowing you as I do as an event industry professional, uh, you were exceptional at that. And I think that you could have continued on and created the empire that, that would have sustained you for a very long time. The fact that you acknowledged that it wasn't something that was going to persist for you and that you were going to move on to this now a year later, gosh, I can't believe it's been just over a year, uh, a year later, you have found where you belong. And I wish you a meteoric rise. I wish you all the success. And I'm so happy that, that you found it. I really am.
2: Thanks so much. I appreciate that.
1: You bet. So I can't let you go quite yet because I wrap every single podcast with a lightning round.
2: Okay, let's do it.
1: I love how ambitious everybody is at the end of the podcast to do the lightning round. Uh, So these are not serious, hard questions. You should go ahead and answer them immediately for just the fun of it. I don't even know what the questions are until I say them. So it's that. Improv. Yep. Right on the edge of our seats. Okay. So because we talked about your adorable cozy sweater and that you're in upstate New York, what is your favorite thing about winter?
2: Mm, hot chocolate.
1: What is your least favorite thing about winter? Snow. <laughs> so easy to do in upstate New York. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do in New York City when you're in the city?
2: Mm, uh, go to a show. I think I don't do enough of that, but I love to go to a Broadway show.
1: I can't wait until we can rebound. And, and I'm a huge believer in culture. And I think I went to New York four times in 2019. And every time I went, I saw a show. Mm. Um, I was always there for work, but I always found time to have fun. Uh, favorite beverage aside from hot chocolate, because you already said that was your favorite thing about winter. So what's your favorite beverage?
2: water. Is that the most boring answer ever?
1: (laughs) You know, what's funny is it's the most common answer uh, in, on the podcast. And I don't know if it's because people want to be like, I hydrate or they're ashamed to say red wine, but I think it's because I think it's because business owners and entrepreneurs know that at the pace they run, they have to stay hydrated. They have to try to take care of themselves. So I think it is whether it's the most boring answer or not, I don't know, but it is the most common answer. Uh, All right. This one's, this one might be a tough one, but favorite movie of all time.
2: Uh, Shawshank Redemption.
1: Oh, what a winner. Nice work. I knew we were connected, Andrea. That was a well-written, acted script. Like everything about that movie is jaw-dropping.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was one of the first movies that, because I saw it when I was young, that I really connected to the the human experience that is just so palpable in mm-hmm. that story. So yeah, and it's that- just I always stuck with me.
1: Nice pick. I I like that very much. I like you very much. I think you're an exceptional human being. I wish you again, all the success in your new effort. Uh, I want to thank you for taking your time to be here on the people first and profit podcast. Anything else to add before we go?
2: No, I think you're good. This was great. Thanks so much.
1: It was a pleasure to have you here with that. We'll let Adam Wilmar take us out of here.
0: Thanks for listening to the People First in Profit podcast. If you liked this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstthenprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First in Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.